This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warrior. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, it's the morning after or the first day of, what, 725 days. And that's just to take the White House. Then there's another four years of struggle. Every day is going to be a fight. Just understand that. If you're up for that, you're in the right place. If you're not, hey, there's thousands of other great alternatives out there that are in the entertainment business. This is in the work business, okay? Uh, Wednesday, 16 November, Year of Lord, 2022. Alex DeGrasse, we had Kevin Kiley. This uh, young man who kind of chopped his way uh, into the California Assembly and then the Congress, uh, he's a grinder. He was number 218. Where do we stand right now uh, with the overall, how, your assessment of where we stand? And quite frankly, these leadership fights are getting a little nasty in the House, uh, sir. In fact, uh, Matt, uh, I think Matt uh, Rosenberg from um, uh, Montana, I think he's going to join us this morning, this afternoon. I think he's actually announced that he's one of the no votes uh, for McCarthy. Uh, what is going on? Yeah, so I think that we're in a better spot than a lot of people are saying in the House. We have a path to 223 uh, that's still on the table. So a lot of these California races are, are looking pretty good. Um, I don't know if they've called Garcia, but they will shortly. Certainly, uh, Valadeo, we're in a great spot. Um, Scott Ball looks good. Durant looks good. Um, they had already called Calvert and Steele, and then uh, we have uh, Lauren Boebert. So the path to 223, which – Gets us a 11 seat. You know, that's pretty good. You know, better than what the media was saying that last week, right? 219, they're kind of going crazy. Maybe it's 218. That's wrong, Steve. So the path is still there. Uh, you know, we were able to pick up Arizona one and six. I think Republicans on the leadership are going to unite, I think, ultimately, Steve, because I think uh, we really have to at this point. Because I think what MTG's arguments, I think she makes a very strong case. I think a lot of people are thinking about that. And I think she's correct in my personal opinion. Um, that's what I would say. But, you know, we've got to earn those votes and move forward as a party. But right now we're counting ballots. And that's what my personal focus is, of course, is, as he's coming on California. What, what about if, 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 if Gates and Biggs are saying, hey, we hear you guys and, and we love MTG, but we got hard, eight to 10 hard no's. What happens then? And when, when would that get to be a big deal in the, in the middle of December? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, they're working on that now. I mean, these are going to be conversations between leader McCarthy, uh, and the rest of them and they'll have to negotiate. And uh, there is a lot of optimism and support of, of leader McCarthy. I think, um, that, that will work itself out. You know, I think they'll, you know, there'll be, there'll be deals to okay. be made. My, you know, that's <laughs> deals to be made. Alex DeGrasse, uh, you were down in Mar-a-Lago. You saw it. Thank you very much for coming on. How do people follow you on, uh, on social media? I'm at DeGrasse on, uh, Getter, at Alex DeGrasse on Truth, DeGrasse81. Um, 
on Twitter. So I appreciate it. And look, I thought the speech was great, Steve. Uh, I think we're energized. The fight's in front of us. It's up to the posse to move forward. So thank you. So you, you, you're one of the ones, you're one of the people come down with the fact you love the speech. You thought it was focused, tight, tough, and it's now time yeah. to get to work. Is that your assessment? Yeah. I mean, this wasn't a rally. You know, people say, you know, this media framing is crazy. This was a sober speech on the stakes and the path for, I think it was strongly about we, the people, you know, it's not just about president Trump. It's about the voters, the patriots, the people that make this movement. It's going to take a movement like ours, make America great again to save this country. We are the last stand, Steve. And I think he laid the case out and now it's time to get to work. So if you're a local precinct member, get out, ask your local party to support president Trump, demand that, they hold a form, you know, a vote and a caucus and things like that and try to move the ball because it's going to be a game of inches, Steve, and it won't be easy. Alex DeGrasse, thank you very much. Look forward to keeping you, uh, you keeping us up to speed on this legislation the Democrats trying to put into the lame duck to bar, ban Donald J. Trump from running for uh, any office. The one they're focused on is President of the United States. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Steve. Okay, we got Thanks, brother. I got Jason Miller, the great Jason. I got uh, Natalie Winters back to back. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to play a call. I got a cold open. We've been waiting. Let's play for Jason Miller and get his observations. Position uh, because Donald Trump just loses. I mean, again, he's the first president since Herbert Hoover to lose the House, the Senate, and the White House oh, Lord. in one term. And then... The 2022 disaster should have every conservative, should have every Republican saying no. And anybody that is not blaming Donald Trump for this loss isn't firmly connected to reality. And I guess they care more about letting Donald Trump continue to lose than they do about having Republicans and conservatives starting to win again. Tell you one thing, however, we talk about the, the big we, including the conservatives and the moderates and the liberals who think Trump shouldn't run again. We, we talk about us, about what we think of Biden, should he run again or not? These two people are ego driven. There's nothing wrong with being ego driven, but they are basically, I can't, I think of Trump as a guy at the steering wheel with the Secret Service trying to drive the car one way and he's trying to pull the car the other way. It doesn't matter what all the rest of us think. It's up to Donald Trump. And if he runs, he's going to be a menace to the Democrats, a menace to the other Republicans, because he's going to be the angriest guy there, vindictive as hell. And Joe Biden isn't going to listen to any of us except except Jill, his wife, because when he ran for the Senate back in 1972, he didn't have a prayer. He ran against a two-term governor, a three-term congressman, a couple-term senator, and he beat the guy badly. I'll tell you, his whole career has been beating the odds. I think uh, Biden is a good guy, a very good guy, and he's fighting very hard for this country. But he's going to make this decision himself, and I think he's going to run again. And I think Trump is going to run. And I think Trump's going to end up going head to head with Joe Biden. I think we're going to see a big, after all this fall to roll of last week and all the surprises and good news, we're going to see a rerun. That's where we're headed. Okay, I want to bring in Jason Miller. By the way, we had a lot more hate than that, but time limits us to do it. We know the audience loves uh, Morning Mika. Jason Miller, um, Seven or eight editorials ready to go in the New York Times. The can I get the National National Review had the their 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 2022 version of Never Trump cover 
it's it's amazing if you had put that cover up the never trump and it literally almost <clears throat> destroyed your magazine why would you ever do it again but hey that's for greater minds than mine jason miller your thoughts and observations of last night and most importantly this morning yeah steve great to be with you and the rest of the war room team um the buried lead of course from that montage is that chris matthews is still alive uh, I honestly did know if he was still on the planet. I guess he is still alive, just not on television. <laughs> Two critical things needed to happen last night. President Trump needed to demonstrate a clear vision of where he wanted to go. Part of that was to uh, his solid base. Part of that was to the sometimes Trump base. And also to those independents who do genuinely move back and forth. Keep in mind, Steve, that universe of voters who have a negative opinion of both candidates we won them overwhelmingly in 2016. We did not win them overwhelmingly in 2020. They're the people who truly move back and forth, and whoever is going to demonstrate a connection to their best interest, economy, inflation, gas prices, that's where they're going to go. So President Trump, did he did what he needed to do. But here's what I didn't expect from last night, and even as we go into the, the complete uh, mental breakdown by the mainstream media this morning, is the fact that they would go out of their way to unify the Republican base behind President Trump by being so over the top. You look at the New York Times, literally it was six or seven, maybe even eight negative op-eds and articles ready to go the second his speech was over. You see the way that the media is attacking. The, the Washington Post headline was just uh, so remarkably insane. Uh, they won't even go and bring it up. But people get that. They realize going back to 2015, 2016, wait a minute, if all of the Washington folks if all the elitists who are pu pushing their, their wokeism agenda, uh, all this, uh, all, all the, the craziness mandates, things of that nature, if they're attacking President Trump this hard, number one means, well, Trump probably has some good ideas. Secondly, they're scared to talk about Joe Biden. That was the biggest takeaway also from the Sunday shows this weekend. Nobody wants to talk about Joe Biden. You saw the impassioned defense there by Chris Matthews trying to defend Joe Biden I mean, uh, you know, this is like a dinosaur support group where Chris Matthews coming to the, uh, the defense of fellow relic Joe Biden. It really strains credibility. So President Trump did what he needed to do. The media is helping him in a way I wouldn't have thought. And who would have thought, Steve, that the Democrats would have taken that extra step to try to bar him from running? So even passive uh, people, passive observers say, this just doesn't seem right. Why is a Democrat congressman trying to ban him from running? It makes people mad helps President Trump, but his message last night, he hit a home run. By the way, you see all coming together. You got Schwartzman's announcement this morning. He's not going to support him. You got, so you got the billionaires, right? The guys most tied to the Chinese Communist Party. You've got the Democrat Party because uh, the congressman that put up from Rhode Island is, 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 is on the J6, but he's also dialed into leadership. They really want to try to pass this bill. And then you've got the New York Times, the whole media apparatus, their worst nightmare was last night. They never thought he would actually do it. They thought he would, you know, just kick the can down the road. They're in shock that he actually announced. That's where they're coming after him. Low energy. It was, he's Jeb Bush, all of that. This is a gang tackle to try from a legal perspective. They want Merrick Garland to indict him. It's every aspect of it. So I just sit there and go, Hey, you can tell a person by who his enemies are. Just look at, I, I it, this is the biggest convergence of forces. Now on the flip side, for the campaign in 15 and 16, they didn't see it coming. I mean, they didn't think that a Breitbart media with a handful of other people in a Trump campaign that had seven or eight people on it. And then afterwards could win, you know, Hillary was not just measuring the, uh, the drapes in the, in the oval office. 
the reason they didn't push Merrick Garland is he wasn't radical enough for him, that she was going to replace Garland with her own pick, a Larry Tribe type that would be left wing. They thought they're going to win in a landslide and take the House and take the Senate. This time, brother, they're waiting. The road's just not blockaded. It, it's, it's, they have defense in depth. And also, there's nothing they won't do to stop Trump because the, Trump represents a movement. So it, conventional warfare, political warfare is off the table. Just look at this morning. I mean, you, you, you and I talked about it earlier that they, they're bring converging all forces of defense in depth and they're going to make it. They, they, they hope if they can't defeat him, they at least bleed him out. So at the end, there's just a husk of it after 725 days. Jason Miller, your thoughts and observations. Yeah, and I think you're spot on. And here's why they're going to be extra upset. Because President Trump rose to the challenge last night. Frequently, one of the biggest hurdles to any campaign is the actual launch event, whatever that first interview is, getting out of the gate. Think back to Ted Kennedy being unable to explain why he wanted to run for president. Guess what? President Trump delivered a speech last night, an hour-long, very detailed. Even the haters are saying he laid out a very clear contrast, a very clear vision of why he wants to be president of the United States. That might seem somewhat trivial, but even Lyons uh, in politics, the Ted Kennedys of the world, have collapsed and their presidential races have imploded because they haven't been able to meet that test in the past. The one other thing, Steve, that I'd point out to is, yes, the other side is ready for us. They'll be not just the snipers. They'll just be the, the bazookas uh, standing right in front of us, not even bothering to duck for cover. Guess what? We're going to be ready for them. That's why we have Getter. That's why we have Real America's Voice. That's why we have decentralized our communication network so they can't shut us down anymore. So if, if Zuckerberg or Dorsey or uh, any of the other lefties that are pulling the levers of tech decide, eh, you know what, we're not going to talk about Hunter's laptop, uh, guess what? We are going to talk about the biggest news of the day. We're going to make sure that there's a free speech venue for everybody. Look, might be someone on the left, might be someone on the right. They're not going to be able to play the same games on us. We have to stay vigilant. And Steve, I do have to say, this also means we really need to get a good handle on the vote modeling, and the vote targeting. We're going to have to rebuild that for 2024. Otherwise, we're going to have a repeat of the last two cycles. What's your, what's your getter handle, sir? At Jason Miller in D.C., Stay tuned right here on Getter. Got to get follow Jason nonstop on Getter, the CEO of Getter, former Trump uh, communication strategist. Jason, thank you so much. Short break back. Natalie Winters next. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit 
on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, we're back. Um, want to make sure tpusa.com slash war room. Make sure you go there now. There's going to be a massive gathering, America Fest, mid-December, 16 December in Phoenix metro area. You're not going to want to miss this. It's going to Tucker Carlson, Candace Owens, uh, yours truly, uh, Charlie Kirk, the great Charlie Kirk, but literally dozens and dozens of others. Darren Beatty's going to be there. Many of the people you see on the show all the time. If you remember the one that Turning Point put on, a couple of months ago that I talked at, uh, you know, afterwards we can hang out and, uh, and, and get to know each other. There'll be a, a, a couple of breakout rooms where we can, uh, uh, connect. So you, everybody in the war room that's in the area want to basically make sure everybody gets there. Also, you can get Charlie's book, The College Scam. It's half price off. You're going to find that the bait they gave the, these, uh, moronic college kids was, uh, you were going to pay for your college. Of course, a federal judge said, oops, that's unconstitutional. Of course, he said that on, uh, he said that a couple of days after the election. So or he said it, I guess, Friday before the election, but it was too late to get the uh, mooks that had already um, had already fallen for the bait. But you understand what the cartel is once you read this book, The College Scam. It's unbelievable. Um, somebody that got through college okay at the University of Chicago, uh, a graduate, Natalie Winters. N- Natalie, now that you're the executive editor of the War Room, <laughs> I assume they've helped put a plaque up on at Chicago. I'm sure surprised. We, you know, Natalie, we, if she had still been there, she would have had to have bodyguards. Okay, the, you got Steve I'm Schwartzman really- comes out today. I just want to make sure everybody understands the thing itself is uh, the CCP. You got, uh, you know, Biden rubbing up on she and telling what a buddy is and how they're going to make deals. You got the Wall Street Journal and the Wall Street Journal hates Trump. The Wall Street Journal hates MAGA, hates the populace, uh, hates War Room, hates Stephen K. Bannon. They're haters. Uh, and Schwartzman and these guys, Ken Griffin, they're out saying, hey, they're looking for a vessel to, to put their money in back of because anybody but Trump. In fact, Schwartzman says it will be anybody but Trump. What? How does that strike you? You spend more time investigating the Chinese Communist Party and its influence peddling and partner, business partnerships in the United States. How does that strike you? When somebody like Steve Schwartzman comes out and says – Anybody but Trump. What's the first thing that comes to Natalie Winter's mind? Well, I think you can always judge a, the quality of a man by the, or you can judge the quality of a man by the quality of their enemies. But I think with the case of Trump, you should also add quality and quantity um, because I think anyone who's looking at the news cycle right now can just see a, a full force, full fledged attack um, from not only the big banks in Wall Street, epitomized by people like Steve Schwartzman. Their fake uh, PR fronts in the mainstream media who refused to really even air Trump's announcement last night. Uh, these fake pollsters coming out of uh, the club for growth. And of course, Democrats who are quite literally trying to block Trump um, from running. But I think to me and I think to the MAGA base, this proves why we support Trump, because the donor class now knows that Donald Trump can't be bought. Um, their millions of dollars won't make the difference. And I really think it shows particularly people like Steven Schwartzman, 
who not only does China quite literally own a 10% stake in Blackstone, they purchased about $3 billion, um, a $3 billion stake in the company back in 2007. I'm sure that's only ballooned since then. Um, but this is someone who has funded $300 million worth of a scholarship program at Tsinghua University, which really is China's premier institution, premier college, where Xi Jinping actually went there. They train really the next generation of leaders for the Chinese Communist Party. You really can't get any more CCP compromised than him. This is someone who, of course, celebrated that Joe Biden would take a softer line against China than Donald Trump. And I think it goes back to the fundamental premise, right? The uniparty, the establishment, these donors, they love the status quo. And with potentially another 2008 style financial crisis down the line, you see Ukraine war, you see people wanting to deploy American troops there. They need to ensure that the person in the White House in 2024 is someone who is going to do their bidding for them. And that's why they're so up in arms right now. Again, remember, these are the same people who about a week ago were also telling us that Donald Trump was done, that he had no chance. Well, these people really seem to be wasting a lot of resources, um, a lot of op-eds, editorials, and money being spent um, to defeat a candidate that they say has already defeated himself. So this is just a perfect example of Stephen Schwartzman knowing that Donald Trump is a vessel that cannot be exploited to advance the agenda of the Chinese Communist Party. So they need to find another place to sort of launder their money through so Xi Jinping um, can see the policies that he wants be effectuated out of the White House starting, well, it's, we already have that going on now, but have it continue in 2024. How, uh, since a big part of the controlled opposition of the Republican Party never really want to talk about the CCP and anything they actually do is very performative, right? It's just, it's just kind of optics. How big, given the financial crisis we're, we're hurtling towards, and we're already in an economic crisis for, for a large part of this audience, how big a topic do you think in 2023, the true, not just rivalry, but inf deep infiltration into Wall Street, into the corporations, into our political system? Because, you know, the FBI said yesterday, TikTok, you know, the FBI said something we've said from the beginning. TikTok is an apparatus of Chinese intelligence and, and the PLA and the CCP, and Ray yesterday in his testimony actually starts confessing that. And of course, Matt Gaetz was the first to, to bring people's attention to it. It was a major part of the Democrats, uh, you know, midterm policy. If you got, if you got TikTok on one hand and you have FTX and SBF, uh, on the other hand, who pumped in 40 to 100 million dollars in this, they got some pretty gamey, associations of how they're winning these elections. How big a topic do you think this is going to become in 2023 from the House investigations as you've been read into anything? Well, I think the establishment wants to keep us in the paradigm of China is a competitor. Um, and that's not the case. China is an enemy. Frankly, I would argue they're the largest existential threat that we face right now. Um, so I, I, I think that these investigations, which I think really should go chapter and verse, not be politicized because you don't need to politicize it, um, but to really understand the billions of dollars that have been deployed, not just by random Chinese groups, you know, that have affiliations in the United States. No, the political warfare department of China's People's Liberation Army to specifically target the Achilles heel of American society to go after 
talking heads in the media to go after the lobbyists, to go after people who hold high up positions at these corporations, to go after people like Stephen Schwartzman, people who pretend uh, to be American. But in reality, when you kind of follow the roads, when you trace back where their money's coming from, all roads lead to the Chinese Communist Party. And I think the best way to do it is to be going after individuals like Hunter Biden, of course, but again, to not miss the forest for the trees and to understand that the Chinese Communist Party is not a silent investor. They expect a very, very high ROI in terms of the type of people that they deploy their capital in, right? Just like Steve Schwartzman thinks that in, in Ken Griffin think that they should get Donald Trump to push their policies in exchange for millions of dollars. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party has the same exact approach um, with a lot with a lot of these people that you see in the media who always refuse to, to criticize the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and again, like I said, that paradigm of phrasing China, you know, as an ally or a competitor, that's not the case because the American people don't even have the chance to actually compete with China with the economic policies that people like Joe Biden are pushing. So I think that's the narrative shift that we need to see and understand that a lot of this does not come down to incompetence or a, a you know innocent misunderstanding of the Chinese Communist Party. It is malfeasance to the highest level, um, and it is really a concerted effort by the American elite and their counterparts in Beijing um, to reorient, I think, that the power structure, the hierarchy of the world, so people like Donald Trump and their supporters don't have a say, um, but rather it's the Ken Griffins of the world um, who make the decisions with their billions of dollars. Natalie, how do people follow all your writings, investigations, and uh, and everything that you're putting out, all the content? We just put up a story on TikTok and who is running their election misinformation policy campaign. So you can head over to warroom.org to check that out. And I can be reached at Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. Natalie, thank you. We'll have you back on this afternoon to go through TikTok. It's a f- massive issue. I can't talk to you about how big. This, I mean, you can't even say how big this is and how it's happened in broad daylight when everybody was warned about it. And you got, you know, prominent people in the military sitting on the board making money. It's sick. That's sick of what's happened in TikTok. So thank you very much. Look forward to getting you back on here for your report. Last night. Last night, President Trump made a big uh, part of his speech was about parental rights and kind of said, hey, parental rights, how can anybody be against that? Well, he says it's kind of shocking we're even debating it. Tiffany Justice from Moms for Liberty join us. And Tiffany, we've got a special guest, Christy Dixon from Berkeley, South Carolina, who actually flipped a, a seat before I got to go to break. But I just want to I want to get your response from President Trump putting that in as a main part of his speech and kind of the way he did it was great. He says, hey. Parental rights is this huge movement throughout the country. He says, we he mentioned it a couple of years ago. People had said, what do you mean parental rights? Of course, parents have rights. Tiffany Justice, give us a minute. And we'll go to break and bring on Christy after that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's undeniable right now. If you are uh, an elected official or you're a candidate and you're looking to run for office, parental rights is going to continue to be one of the biggest issues that we are going to deal with. We are the United States of America. If parents do not have the fundamental right recognized to raise their children, if the government thinks they know better than parents, my goodness, we are not the country that we need to be. And so I think parental rights is only, you're only going to see this issue being something that more and more candidates and elected officials are going to talk about. And this is going to be a deciding factor in 2024. 
Big time. And it's one that unifies people, too. Okay, we'll take a short break. we got Tiffany Justice from Moms for Liberty and Christy Dixon, who flipped a big school board down in uh, Berkeley, South Carolina. We're going to take a short break. We're going to be back with Tiffany and Christy. And then we also have the great Darren Beatty is going to join us and maybe a couple of three other surprises in addition to that. Short break. Back in the war room in a moment. Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance. It's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code radio. When I did Dr. Phil, a woman was on the show and she said, oh, you know, that Parents' Bill of Rights in Florida, that did nothing to protect me. And my answer back to her was, listen, you may not like that it protected you. You may not like who the sponsor was, but it absolutely protects every parent from uh, their child having a, a conversation with a school district behind closed doors. So, yes, Steve, this is going to this has to be bigger than just the school board level. This has to happen at the state level. And, and I really think a constitutional amendment on parental rights, what a wonderful way for for us to unite and unify as a country, putting children first and recognizing how important the role of the parent is in the life of the child. Let's go. I think we have the, do we have the clip from last night? I thought, I thought it was important that President Trump on his launch made this such an important part of his speech. Let's go ahead and hear it. Joe Biden has also proven that he is committed to indoctrinating our children, even using the Department of Justice against parents who object. It's a terrible thing. It's it's so sad what's happening. When I'm in the White House, our schools will cease pushing critical race theory as they were. Okay, last night he went on with the uh, parental rights. Can I bring, I want to bring in Christy Dixon for a moment, because you, you got to get back to the old fashioned way, which is really flipping school boards and, and, and taking a charge and making sure the parental rights is a key part of that. Uh, Christy, talk to us about is it Berkeley, South Carolina? And tell us about your experience there and where you guys stand today. So it, it's Berkeley County, South Carolina. We're in the low country um, in the Charleston area, Charleston, Somerville, uh, Goose Creek area. And um, we we were focused on flipping the school board, we had a conservative minority, and we were able to win a supermajority, six of nine seats. And um, so last night, they had an agenda to um, really walk the walk. 
They talked the talk during the campaign, but last night their agenda, they were going to make sure that critical race theory was not in our schools. They were also going to um, form committees to review materials to make sure nothing sexually inappropriate. They also were going to reduce millage, which means they were going to give tax money back to homeowners because they passed a one cent sales tax also during the election. Um, what wasn't on the agenda is they decided to make some big moves and remove the uh, staff attorney and the superintendent last night. Um, but this this is what they ran on. They, they ran on giving parents a seat at the table and taking charge and moving us back into a more conservative um, district where we're concentrating on teaching the fundamentals where we just had our SD ready scores released and Berkeley County was below the state average across the board. So we need to get back to the focus on educating these children and supporting the teachers. It was so exciting, Steve. Here's what, you know, yeah, Tiffany, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump in, Tiffany. Well, I came on and I told you that we were going to start replacing these school board members and those school board members were going to come in and they were going to make major changes as far as administration was concerned. I remember having that conversation with you. And, and here you have a perfect example of that, right? You have school board members that were just elected, get on the board, no time to waste. They go in and they start making major decisions, including a change in leadership. And, and my answer to and my what I say to all the superintendents around the country is pay attention. You have school boards that work for you. They they don't, excuse me, they, that you work for them. They don't work for you. And so you have a perfect example of, of, you know, I think the person, and Christy can correct me if I'm wrong, the person they selected was someone that worked within curriculum and instruction in the district who probably had some ideas about how to improve learning and teaching in the district. And we're going to get to see what those results are. So I think the difference between parental rights focused school boards and other school boards who are not focusing on parents and children, we're going to see some glaring results over the course of the next two years that is only going to work in service of the fact that parents need to be in the driver's seat when it comes to their kids' education. Christy, let me, let me go to you because we did talk about this. And I thought it was a fascinating thing about having you guys on. The first move wasn't just policy. Hey, we want to avoid this and we want to emphasize learning and, and getting kids ready to go to the next level, Right. But you guys actually made some pretty, as uh, Tiffany said, and she said that school boards are going to be doing this when conservatives or parental rights uh, movement people take over. Um, what's the process from here? You remove the supervisor. You remove the staff attorney. Then do you guys empower and go out and, and do a search and, and, and interview people and bring in people you think are more um, – focused on on learning just walk us through the process once once the uh superintendents and people like this are removed in the administration how do you restaff that well they already had a plan um the, the staff attorney we had never had a staff attorney we had always had somebody that was on retainer and so um they went back to that they had already contacted another uh, an attorney and um, had it lined up that he would become uh, on a retainer with our district and as far as the superintendent, um, when the, the current superintendent that they had that they had fired, uh, when they were doing that search, there was another candidate who had been a principal in the school district and who had served successfully and, and was very well respected. He was also in the running for that job, but instead um, they chose the other guy. And what they did, they went back to uh, Dr. Dixon, 
And um, in fact, last night he was hired. So we already have a superintendent in place. We have um, legal counsel on retainer. So it really didn't miss a beat. Um, they, four of the, the board members that were elected were reelected. So they were incumbents that had been serving, but they had seen the direction that the, um, the current leadership was going, the current chairman and superintendent. They had begun to um, overreach into parental rights. They wanted to change our student conduct code. And they wanted to implement restorative practices in our discipline system. Um, they were actually wanting to uh, be able to discipline children for activities outside of school, not on school grounds or at school events. Say if something happened out in the community, they wanted to be able to insert themselves in the di discipline of the children in our district. And so they, they just wanted to stop the overreach. Um, I had spoken out many times against restorative practices. And um, when we, we have... a really great array of members as far as their personal lives on our board. We have an attorney, we have two engineers, we have um, a mental health professional, and we have someone in economic development. And, you know, so we have people that are in the know and do research and, and they felt like this was the wrong direction. And the only way to do that was to remove uh, those who were taking us in that direction. How is the local media in Charleston? Because you know, Charleston has, you know, a, I'm from Richmond, of course, Richmond, Savannah, Charleston, Atlanta, mm -hmm. uh, very close relationships, being classic southern towns. Charleston has a little bit become a tad like New York City, right? There's so many New Yorkers yeah. have moved down there. It's really changed. It's a foodie capital of the South right now. How is the local media? Uh, how are they handling this right now? Well, they tend to lean toward the um, teachers associations, which they're quasi-union, um, and the, the school district, they, they, they lean left. Um, it, it, Carlson itself is very purple. Berkeley County is red. So we're, we're one of those uh, bedroom communities to Charleston. And so the media here has portrayed this as, oh my goodness, we can't believe that this happened. Why would they do something like this? Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you get out into the communities and talk to the people, we had parents saying, you know, how do we stop this? How do we um, get our schools going in a different direction? Because parents would give us not just Moms for Liberty, but the actual board members and other organizations in the community. They would share what they were seeing. They would say, OK, my kid has this book and I'm not so sure if um, I like the tone of the book or some of the conversations going on in the dialogue book. Um, so we're seeing those things. So we started doing a deep dive and it is there. Um, you know, a lot of times they say it's not in the state standards, not in the curriculum, but it's in the teaching methods. It's in the way they frame discussions and sometimes the ancillary materials that aren't in the state approved curriculum. So, um, you know, there's going to be oversight for that thing for that now. Um, one of the things I actually talked with one of our teachers association members last night, and, and she was talking about finding common ground because we do want to support our teachers. I personally believe that a lot of the teachers have too much on their plate. They're asking too much. They're asking the teachers to be parents and, and mental health professionals. And, and, you know, they can't carry that burden. Uh, so if we can just get back to the fundamentals of teaching um, and helping to support the parent, the parents, and the teachers to build those bridges um, instead of stoking the divide constantly. And the media does that even here. 
Oh, yes. Uh, Chrissy, how can people follow this story how, on your social media or about the board? How do people follow this? Well, it, and it actually on, uh, let's see, the local news channels covered it uh, extensively last night and this morning. I was surprised that they even um, put us ahead of Trump last night at the 11 o'clock news. I was, I was pretty shocked. I didn't think, any, think anybody would trump that announcement. But um, so w- with MomsForLiberty.org, you uh, can connect with us. You can find South Carolina, Berkeley County. We actually have 16 chapters in South Carolina. So not only Berkeley County, Charleston wow. County also flipped the majority of their school board seat, and we had many wins across the state. Um, we're also looking at a parental rights bill here in South Carolina, as well as we've had discussions with legislators about amending the constitution of our state to include parental rights. Wow. Thank you very much. By the way, the reason it was on before Trump's uh, speech is that this is the signal about Trump's speech. The speech is a, just a structure for it. What you guys did is the thing itself. That's why it's more important. Christy, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tiffany, um, you said this was going to happen. You said, hey, these parents are going to get engaged and they're going to take over the school boards. But once they're there, they're going to see the pro- the issues they got and they're going to start making administrative changes and they're going to make them quickly. Is this something we can look forward to? Is this the new is this one of the new paths of the Moms for Liberty or this uh, empowered uh, parental rights movement, ma'am? Yes. And, and so what we have here now, what you see are chapters coming together um, in their community. And they have now worked to endorse candidates, vet candidates and endorse them and get them onto the school board. Now we're supporting those school board members with training from a lot of different partners across the country. And you're going to see great changes happening uh, in, in the backyards across America. It's going to be wonderful. Great momentum. Tiffany, what's your social media? How do people get to you? MomsForLiberty.org. Check out the map. You can click on your state. Start a chapter. We need more chapters. We need chapters in every community. It's hard to grasp why anyone would keep voting for record inflation, skyrocketing crime, and an open border. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with the big carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only and I repeat only, Christian conservative wireless provider. They want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to show you why I, Stephen K. Bannon, trust them. Right now, when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get a third month free, plus free activation. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks and use the same towers as all three of the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedom. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972 Patriot. That's 972 Patriot. If you're fed up with the woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. 
It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, uh, mypillow.com promo code warm up to 90% off on a major liquidation sale of many, many of your favorite products. Go there today, right now, mypillow.com promo code warm. This is kind of a pre-holiday uh, liquidation, a sale. Uh, up to 9%, but there are going to be sales all over the place. Buy one, get one free. You do not want to miss this. So go check it out today. The armor-piercing shells, Mike Lindell, he was there last night. We're going to try to track down Mike. Game on this afternoon. Get an update. Darren B., there's a lot going on. You got Ray's testimony yesterday where he won't uh, admit to uh, or won't answer the question about um, FBI assets in inside the Capitol on uh, on uh, January 6th. He won't, talk, he won't answer any questions straight. You've got another big story for the New York Times, but I want to go, uh, I want to go to this <clears throat> quickly to the, the situation with this <clears throat> crypto FTX SBF, the guys pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into Democratic Party. Uh, do we have the clip? Is it ready to go? You'll tell me momentarily. Tell me, tell me about uh, it is. Let's go ahead and play this. I want to play this and then bring in Darren Beatty for his thoughts. You know, on the balance sheet of FTX is a line called Trump lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. Okay, right there. That's Ken Griffin. This is no fan of Trump. He's the guy that's putting, going to put $100 million or a couple hundred million dollars on back of Ron DeSantis or any other vessel to take on Trump. So this is not a, this is not a friend of Trump or Trump. But he said, hey, his purpose is to, is to shut down the populist movement. That's Griffin. But even he's shocked. It, 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 why this story should be metastasizing to the power of 10, Darren Beatty. I know you guys are all over it, but tell folks why this guess money laundering operation in crypto that's the back of the Democratic Party is so important. And it's got a connection to Ukraine and the Clintons, sir. Oh, yes. Well, as you know, um, the story is much bigger than this. There's a much, much bigger scandal and Revolver News is on it, but the audience will just have to wait a little bit, but stay tuned. Um, FTX is child's play compared to what's coming in the crypto world. But I'll say this about the FTX scandal. It actually absolutely is a money laundering story. They're trying to make it into not even a case of fraud. I mean, the New York Times, the same New York Times, by the way, which ran a puff piece on Ray Epps, did a whole whitewash operation on Sam Bakeman Freed, the um, apparent fraudster uh, uh, behind the FTX operation. So the good old dogs in the New York Times have done their good janitorial work, at least in this attempted mop-up job here. But really, I'd say what you can say about it is this. There's some comparisons of FTX to Theranos, the famous scandal whereby some scam woman pretended to be a nerd and basically swindled a bunch of you know, old, dumb, former government revolving door figures, including Mad Dog Mattis, who crawled away from his litter box for two seconds to get swindled by a young woman. But um, actually, the right comparison here is not Theranos. It's actually um, uh, something called BCCI, which is a bank that was set up in the 70s. It was full of scams. Everyone was scamming it. The depositors were scammed. But it wasn't touched for quite some time. And the reason it wasn't touched is that part of the people taking advantage of the scam bank were the intelligence 
agencies themselves. And in fact, the CIA used the BCCI bank to conduct various money laundering operations. It was instrumental in the Iran-Contra affair and other things. And so the BCCI model, I think, is the appropriate sort of heuristic, the antecedent, if you will, um, within which we can um, understand not only FTX, but certain other crypto scams that might even have more dire consequences for the crypto community and perhaps the economy at okay. large. And so the BCCI bank... You've got a big... You've got... Yeah, you've you've got a big bombshell story coming out of that. They said it's going to make uh, uh, FTX look small, which from Darren B says that it's time to take notice. Uh, we only got a couple of minutes. I want to get to this other New York Times story. You guys are all over. Walk us through that. So basically, Revolver News vindicated again. Everyone calls us conspiracy theorists, whatever. These subliterate mediocrities. Um, you know, caterwauling and calling us, you know, conspiracy. It's just, it's so ridiculous to be called that or even to be in the same conversation with these mediocrities. But the New York Times came out, basically vindicated Revolver again. There's another batch. It's like another tranche here. Now we learn of eight new um, informants who are in the Proud Boys. All of these organizations were riddled with informants. We just learned that the number two guy, the vice president of the Oath Keepers, he was also an informant. So the question really becomes, who in the high levels of these organizations wasn't an informant? That's the relevant question. And if they have all these informants in here and the government is then presumably informed, how do they explain the fact that all these people were you know, planning some big thing on January 6th, all of them were informants, and the feds were just caught completely Flat-footed, and Christopher Ray, in his famous testimony that we included in that classic seminal revolver piece that really opened up the whole discussion of the Fed surrection, Christopher Ray said, "Oh, gee, gosh darn! I just kick myself because we didn't have any assets, and if only we knew, if only we were in a position to knew to know." Liar! We know he's a liar. We know. He's trying to get out of it, wiggle his way out of it by quietly retiring the henchman scumbag Giantuono who ran the Michigan operation and now he's the public face of the pipe bomb. He quietly resigned. They know they're guilty and they're trying to scramble away from it. And that's why, you know, we, we've got them if we're just persistent, if we maintain focus and in particular, you if we demand the chain of custody for those DNC pipe bomb videos. It's game over. Uh, Darren, we know you're going to be persistent and focus. How to get to Revolver? How do they get to you on social media? Revolver.news, white hot. Check out our piece on the informants. We did a nice little blog on that. As I said, we're working on something very big that will be out this week that will make FPX look like child's play. Wow. Boom. The money laundering operations of the Democrats going to be exposed. War Back here at five o'clock. You See already that. know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus 
and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 